Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, where we strive to give you some insight and knowledge into improving the success of your career, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you fall on. For LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We're taking a look at one of the most popular, recognizable, and successful companies in the world in McDonald's today. And we'll be speaking with an individual who truly moved up the ladder with McDonald's all the way into an executive position. We'll also chat about some people who started at the Golden Arches and moved on to have great careers elsewhere, all of which is a focus of our guest's book, Golden Opportunity. Joining us from Arizona is Cody Teets, Vice President and General Manager of McDonald's USA based in Denver. Cody, thanks for coming on today. Uh, Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, first of all, you you seem like the perfect fit for this show, the idea of moving up the ladder, both because of the book that you had authored and, of course, your own experience. Just, I guess, briefly tell us about your personal climb up the ladder, so to speak, with McDonald's. Yeah, I think it's um, a pretty typical story for the folks in McDonald's, but uh, probably also for uh, just folks who are teenagers in general. I started at McDonald's when I was 16. Uh, with thoughts of going on to college and doing something else. I got my degree in marketing. Well, what ended up happening is I still uh, went through high school working at McDonald's, went to college working through McDonald's, (laughs) and then started looking for uh, jobs in the advertising world uh, once I graduated. And I quickly found out that I would make more working at McDonald's and becoming a manager than I would, um, you know, going into another field unless I was willing to go into sales, which was 100% commission. Hmm. So... um, you know, I decided to stay, and I worked in the restaurants for about uh, 12 years, uh, from assistant manager to store manager. Then I became a supervisor, supervising a, a group of restaurants, usually around five. And then I had an opportunity to go work for McDonald's Corporation as a consultant, which meant that I, um, you know, went around to several restaurants. There was about 35 at the time, and made sure they were following all of our operational standards. But um, you know, it's. I think like a lot of us, we start a job and think we're going to go do something else, mm-hmm. and then we're having fun and we're learning a lot, and we decide to stay. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting from this side of it, especially being such a you know a large organization like McDonald's, and as you said, so many people maybe just start off getting a job in high school, that sort of thing. So for yourself, then, when you were working in the restaurant initially, you know, just working the front, doing the the typical sort of thing that we think of with McDonald's employees. I mean, were you really thinking that at some point you could move up? I know you mentioned you okay, you're going to get a marketing degree and go elsewhere. Was there ever though a point where you really thought I I could just keep doing something here? moving up here. I mean, what what really spurred you on that way? I don't think it really happened that I realized the opportunities in management at McDonald's until I got my degree, because that was really the first time I was seeking other employment. Mm -hmm. And so then I, of course, did research on many companies and at the same time did research on my own company. But as I was starting to look for a job, I worked for a franchisee at the time, and he sat down with me and he said, hey, have you ever thought of staying because, you know, once you become a restaurant manager, you can become a supervisor. But have you also thought about the corporate side of the business? Or if you really want to be an operator, uh, like, you know, he was, he was offering a way to help me become an operator um, years down the road. And so as I took all that into consideration, I realized I had a pretty good thing. And I decided, you know, yeah, I did want to stay and I did want to figure out how to become a restaurant manager. 
Well, and I like that you, you mentioned this individual sort of, you know, giving you these ideas at least and guiding you a little bit. Is that something with your experience now and obviously having been at the organization for so long, is that something that's really promoted and encouraged to have managers, supervisors sort of look to keep people within the company? Oh, um, yeah, definitely. We, we look at it uh, a couple ways. You know, of course, they're always looking at the restaurant staff on who they can promote. Mm-hmm. But for our franchisees in particular, um, a lot of the, well, right now, about 40% of our operators, our, our franchisees started in the restaurants as crew. And so they had to work their way up and, and they have that valuable experience. So they're always trying to groom the next level of leaders. And in my current role, I do a lot with that, whether an operator is trying to bring in on one of their key employees, maybe one of their supervisors or directors, or helping our franchisees get their children into the business. So there's a way for them to do that. But it, it starts really with our key individuals that we think have uh, great potential. We'll bring it up to them. And, you know, we have over 14,000 restaurants in the U.S., and the more relocatable they are, the, the more opportunity that's potentially available for them. Let's touch on that a little bit. You you mentioned maybe trying to recognize these individuals that maybe have the the skills or the the motivation, the personality to, to move up, so to speak. You know, maybe someone like yourself as well. Are there certain experiences or skills that are acquired at McDonald's that are promoted, encouraged, and really are seen as tools to be able to move up and and be successful within the company? Yeah, well, I, th- I think you brought up uh, one right away, which is personality. You know, so much of what we're doing, we, we, we have the saying, you know, we're not a hamburger business, we're a people business. And so if you're really, truly a people person in McDonald's, then you're able to connect with your employees, your peers, your consumers. And that gets you a lot of um, recognition and notoriety. I, I think the biggest skills, though, that we're, we're looking for is, you know, we want people to be on time. We want them to have a, a good work ethic. Those folks who volunteer to learn new things, you know, mm-hmm. they, they spark an interest because you're like, wow, they want to do more than, you know, maybe I thought they wanted to do or capable of doing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of rewards and recognition in, in McDonald's, and a lot of it is peer recognition. So if you're employee of the month or if you get an opportunity to participate in one of the McDonald's events, oftentimes it's because one of your peers nominated you. And, of course, leadership's looking at that and, you know, they're taking notice. And we are, you know, I'm speaking for the 800 uh, restaurants here in Rocky Mountain, 115 franchisees. I can tell you we actively seek to grow our talented people from within Mm -hmm. because they already know the brand, they know the culture, they know the expectation. And, um, you know, most of them, of course, we're still here. We love it. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you mentioning, you know, some of those benefits, obviously trying to keep things in-house. I mean, do you have any numbers or any sort of statistics that would indicate a percentage of people that do sort of move up and stay within the, the company in some fashion? Or do you have some way to gauge that? Well, you know, the most uh, common number that we measure is officers like myself. You know, Mm -hmm. about 50% of our officers came from the restaurant. Okay. About 40% of our um, owner-operators came from the restaurants. So those are pretty, you know, good statistics. Now, as far as our our restaurant managers, I would tell you that probably 80% of them came from the restaurants. Um, You know, there are people who come in from the outside who we we give them the – accelerated training program and they become uh, managers. But most of them come from, you know, the ranks of starting right in the restaurants and moving up. 
And, and now, do you see that as, as truly a big reason, at least a big part of the reason for the continued success over the years? I mean, obviously, there's a lot that goes into to being a company like McDonald's, but I would imagine you'd, you guys have to feel that this plays a large role in it, too. Yeah, McDonald's has been recognized as one of the best training organizations in the U.S. and, and probably the world. And the reason is, is because we do so much training from the time you start as a crew member all the way up to manager, and it's consistent across the U.S. So if I live in Florida, I live in New York, I, I live in Atlanta, those restaurant managers at all levels, from the entry-level manager up to the restaurant manager, they all go through the same training program. Mm-hmm. So that makes it very easy as well for people to move and continue to work with McDonald's because the foundations are the same. You don't have to worry about that. And, of course, technology has made that much better with um, e-learning. And then we have a, a university, Hamburger University in Chicago, and, and to become a restaurant manager, every manager has to go through that training. And it's not only about the restaurant specifically, but it's business skills, how to manage a multimillion-dollar business, how to ensure you have enough employees, how to handle difficult employees, how to handle difficult customers, how to grow your business. So, um, you know, we don't leave them just out there to figure it out. We, we really do a lot of uh, training to make sure they're successful. As you talked about, that that consistency obviously is important. Uh, on the flip side, I mean, are there certain challenges or, or issues that could arise if you're consistently keeping people within the organization, maybe not having outside influences? And obviously you do. It's not like it's 100% everybody within. But are there certain challenges that uh, maybe come up or are discussed in terms of promoting within, that sort of thing? You know, I, I don't know that we discuss it from promoting within until you get into um – the higher levels of management mm-hmm. because, you know, we've all heard of groupthink and you want to have a diverse group of employees so that you don't get, you know, yourself stuck in a, in a bad routine. And I'm sure it can happen in the restaurants, but in the restaurants there tends to be so much natural turnover sure. or so man, many natural new ideas that come in from the, you know, average restaurant has 50 employees. So that in and of itself makes it a very diverse work group. And, um, you know, but we do talk about it when you get to higher levels of management, and we do in our region. So our region, we cover five states, have 86 employees, and we personally, and I can only speak for myself, you know, make a conscious effort uh, to try to bring in about 25% of our employees from outside the region to always keep us fresh and challenged. Mm-hmm. Now, some people listening, you know, obviously these are, to me, it's interesting and fascinating about the, the number of people that do move up and, and continue to, you know, play a, a large role at McDonald's. Some people are still going to think, you know, come on, it's McDonald's, you're just flipping burgers. Uh, you know, even I think on the on the book site, you mentioned the stereotype of it being a dead-end McJob kind of thing. Um, I guess what's what's your general response to, to that sort of mentality or that, that comment by people? You know, I have an opportunity to, to speak about this um, even before I wrote the book at least a couple times a year, going to colleges and universities. And, and the biggest thing I, I think is they're uninformed because mm-hmm. even when I speak to a class of college students and I leave and, you know, they're like, wow, you know, whether I eat at McDonald's because, you know, we know some people don't or whether I thought um, there were career opportunities, I, I come out of this room knowing so much more and um, thinking more highly of, of your brand I, I mean, I think a lot of the challenges are really driven by, you know, people who, are, who don't know, who, you know, make flippant remarks, whether it's a television show, whether it's a teacher, 
and um, apparent, those things get ingrained in, in people's heads, and before you know it, you know, it's just thought to be true. I'm so glad there's Snopes.com now to, you know, break down some of the rumors, right. not just about McDonald's, but, you know, people start repeating things they hear, whether it's true or not. Now, speaking of, speaking of the book, Golden Opportunity, I guess, in general, how did the book come about in terms of, you know, having this idea, the content, and just the, really the overall purpose for, for really creating it? I can say it, but it took about eight years to to get the book from a, a thought to an actual publication, and it was something that kind of brewed in my mind for a while because having grown up in the restaurants, you know, people were always saying, "Oh, you work at McDonald's." Now, when I when I was sixteen to about twenty, everybody thought it was so cool that I worked <laughs> at McDonald's. It was the cool place to work at the time. You know, obviously there weren't as many restaurants or mm-hmm. retailers as there are today. And then as I you know got my college degree, people degree, people were saying, you still work at McDonald's? Well, don't you have your degree? Right. And then I became a manager, and, you know, sometimes I had to work weekends. Actually, I worked every weekend, but one weekend a month. You still work at McDonald's? You know, how do you have a life? And every person one-on-one, I had to explain, well, let me tell you what's really going on. And they'd all look at me like, wow. And then it eventually got to the point where it's like, wow, you you make that much working at McDonald's? Wow, you have those kind of benefits working (laughs) at McDonald's? Right. You know, I felt that I had to to tell the real story, and it got even a more heightened desire to write it when I would watch people in the restaurants, you know, visiting them all and seeing our, our franchisees and our employees and hearing how customers talked about them or treated them or, you know, even um, as I had school-age children myself, hearing how the teachers talked about us. I'm like, there's a definite uh, misinformation out there about what McDonald's has and can do. So... I just felt it was important to tell the real story. Now, with the book, you're, you're obviously not just touching on people like yourself who you know stayed within within the company itself, but moved on to different careers, you know, successful ones, especially at that. I guess why the emphasis also on the other individuals in, instead of just focusing on, hey, yeah, you can start here, but it's not dead end. You can move all the way up to you know higher positions like yourself. Why the emphasis on other individuals as well? You know, well, early on in the the thoughts starter stage of, of the book, I um, started using this phrase, whether you work at McDonald's a year or, or make it your career, there's great opportunity. And I, my original thought was to just make it about McDonald's people. Mm-hmm. But as time went on and I did more research, the reality was, as a McDonald's person, I don't necessarily care if they stay and grow within the McDonald's system as much as I care that they feel good about having worked there and what they learned and that, you know, they helped share the story of what they learned while they were there. So as I continued to do research, I felt it was important even for those naysayers who are out there to say, you know what, you don't have to work here forever. Um, Make it, you know, just a year worth of work, but imagine what you're going to learn and what you're going to take with you the rest of your life. And so that was really where I started saying, you know, it's about understanding what you're going to learn here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully you'll stay because you love it. We know not everybody does, but if you stay, great. But if you don't stay, you know, let's uh, send you off with some skills you can use uh, in whatever job you're seeking. Especially with some of the people that, you know, started at McDonald's and went on to do other things. Were there any stories or any comments that maybe surprised you a little bit based on, especially when they talk about their time working at McDonald's? Yeah, you know, and, and there's, a, uh, for those folks who've read it, there's some famous people in the book, and there's what I would call very successful and famous within their industry mm-hmm. people um, who are in the book because, you know, we know not all of us are going to be NBA players or movie stars, 
But, uh, you know, Carla Harris, she, she's a um, managing director for Morgan Stanley. She's also now become a professional speaker, wrote her own book. And, you know, she had a comment in there, there's no such thing as a dead-end job. It's what you take away that adds value. And, you know, that just really stuck with me because we determine internally or it gets pushed upon us whether we believe something is a dead-end job or not. Instead of flipping it into whatever I do here, however long I work here, I'm going to take something away from this that's going to add value to me the rest of my life. And, you know, the folks I interviewed, there was not a single person who told me they did not want to be in the book. Hmm. And there was not a single person who, um, you know, in whatever career they have today, that they don't still use some of those things they learned at McDonald's. I I think that was an aha for me, though, because I thought, you know, I was going to be asking people to be in the book and they were going to say, no, my my experience was poor. I don't want to tell my story. Or, you know, no, I don't want to encourage other people to work there. But that did not happen at all. The only person I couldn't get to be in the book, and it was more um, a conflict with their schedule because they were making a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shucks, geez. (laughs) Uh, No priorities, right? Yeah, I know, right? Geez. No, I mean, did, did, were there any other particular stories? I mean, you mentioned you mentioned uh, you know Carla there, but uh, were there any stories that stuck that stuck out to you? I mean, even if it was within the the McDonald's franchise at all, um, just any little tidbits or, or something that that stuck with you at all? Well, um, you know, a more for- famous story is Jay Leno, and it's just interesting because you know sometimes even myself watching TV, you think the people on TV who are famous, they've probably always been famous, right? Sure. How the heck did they get that job? Um, so when when you hear Jay Leno talk about, you know, he worked at McDonald's, he worked um, behind the counter, they started him in the kitchen, it wasn't really his, you know, best place, the manager thought he had a great personality, so they put him up on front counter, he was doing such a great job engaging and, and actually entertaining our guests that the manager suggested he enter a talent contest, which he did, and uh, he won that talent contest. So he he credits McDonald's to his uh, getting start in comedy, where you know he got the confidence to believe he was good. And uh, it was because a manager believed in him. A manager suggested he do something. And there, there's just a great story that you know it gave him the confidence to do something that you know probably in high school people made fun of him. Oh, he's just the class clown. But but look at him now. So I thought that was a, a very interesting story. Another one that sticks out for me is um, Jerry Hairston. He is a baseball player. Yeah, he play, actually played with the Brewers. We're, we're based in Milwaukee, so uh, we know Jerry Hairston. <laughs> there you go. So Jerry's story was very interesting to me as well. I, I didn't realize until I talked to him that he was a third-generation professional baseball player. And so, you know, his dad was a professional baseball player. Obviously, he did not have to work, but his dad insisted that he get a job so he knew what it was like to work hard in case baseball didn't work out for him. You know, he, you might not be a baseball player like myself and your grandfather, so you need to know what it's like to work. And um, so Jerry said it was the perfect job, of course. It was flexible around his sports schedule, his school schedule. And he says that McDonald's really taught him about accountability and teamwork and um, that you had to think ahead, you know, because one minute it's not very busy, then, you know, 20 minutes later it's extremely busy. And, you know, how do you think on your feet? How do you plan out how the day is going to be successful? And, you know, he felt that working under pressure um, had taught him not to slack off under pressure when he went into professional baseball. So, you know, some of the way that the individuals who I interviewed, probably more often outside of McDonald's and how they bridged that to their success mm-hmm was very uh, enlightening to me myself because a lot of folks in McDonald's are like me. You know, we 
we love it. We want to stay there. We wanted to work up. But to hear the other folks talk so proudly of what they learned and moved on, um, that was exciting. I think you bring up good points and, you know, mentioning the idea that it is a mentality thing and, and what you yourself take out of it. And it's an internal thing, especially as you mentioned, the reputation or your friends may be sort of poking fun at you, of you about it. But uh, what you take out of it is such that is such a big thing. And sort of along those lines, if you were talking to listeners, maybe it doesn't have to necessarily be at McDonald's, but any job, any company, um, in terms of attitude and behavior, uh, even if it's just seen as just a job, you know, for now kind of thing, I mean, what would you really tell them? What would be your advice be to not have that, you know, sort of negative mentality of it's just a job, whatever, instead taking things away from it and being able to, you know, use it later as, as these stories sort of tell everyone? You know, one um, I, I like to use often is no job is beneath you, uh, you know, even in my job as officer of 800 restaurants, you know, when when things get uh, going, you know, hey, sometimes we all do what's needed to get done. And, you know, you can't think it's beneath you. I can't make my own copies. I can't do my own mail. I can't, you know, answer my own phone. The reality is, you know, everybody's looking and they're more likely to jump in and help you when they see that you're willing to get right down in it. So, um, I think that all of us realizing that no job is beneath us because at the end of the day, we're all people. Um, is, is really powerful. I also think it's just, um, you know, important in any job you have is that you own your own mistakes because we're human. We're going to make mistakes. And, you know, sometimes we're going to make big mistakes. But I think I, I've lived it and I've instilled it in my team is that if you own your mistakes and you just come clean and say, hey, this is what I did. I, I'm sorry I did it. You know, this is what I learned. I, I think that, you know, it builds confidence in you from your boss, but it also teaches you life lessons forever because, you know, whether I'm in McDonald's a year or 30 years, I, I still make mistakes and, you know, wish I had some things I could do over. And, you know, I, I just also think it's important to take pride in what you do. You know, whether you work at McDonald's, whether I, uh, I'm i a ditch digger, whether I work in retail, whether I, you know, I'm on a call center, you have to get some enjoyment and some pride in that job um, to continue to have the energy and motivation to do it. And, you know, one of the stories in here that's interesting, and, and it's kind of a simple story, but Jeff Bezos, you know, he worked at McDonald's, and he's the CEO of Amazon, mm-hmm. but he, he just worked one day a week. He worked every Saturday, and he said, you know, and his job was to crack eggs. Uh, you know, we sold a lot of big breakfast with the scrambled eggs at the time, and he made a game out of cracking the eggs. His objective was to crack as many eggs as he could without getting shells in them, and so every time he was, you know, cracking eggs, he would try to see how many eggs he could get in a row. And just even doing something as simple as that, you know, it's challenging, it becomes fun, and, and you're making a game out of what you're doing, even though you think, gosh, all I'm doing is cracking eggs. <laughs> no, that's a great example. You hear different ideas like that, and that's, that's a perfect illustration of it. Now, you know, sometimes we get in this these extremes of, you know, some listeners are thinking, well, again, well, it's just a job, whereas others are hearing this and, and thinking, oh, it's it's fast paced and I'm going to move right up and, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I think, you know, the, the reality check is obviously you need to put a lot of work and time into it. So would you be able to give people an idea of, uh, for yourself, you know, as, as a good example, the the amount of time and the work that does go into moving up to that point? Because it's not something that happens overnight. I mean, it, you can look back and it might seem that way, but obviously it takes a lot of time and effort. For me personally, from the time um, I started as crew till the time I became a restaurant manager, that was um, six years. Now, 
that was my choice because I was going to college and only working part-time through mm. college. I believe that I could have become a restaurant manager sooner. And in reality, I was a restaurant manager at 22. So, you know, I wasn't really old or anything. (laughs) But, um, you know, I've seen people come into the restaurants. um, So let's just say somebody came in tomorrow and said, hey, you know, I have a restaurant experience and I've heard McDonald's is a great career opportunity and I'd like to be a restaurant manager. We could get them from learning all of the restaurant positions to a restaurant manager in probably a year, um, you know. But people have to let us know that's their desire as well, because we might not choose to put them through the the classes and the training that quickly if if we didn't know that was their desired outcome. And then, you know, as, as people say to me, you know, you moved up so fast, and I'm thinking, mm, you know, as you're living it, it, it never feels like you're, you're <laughs> right. so fast. Um, <laughs> But for, so from the time I was a crew person till the time I became an officer was 22 years. There you go. <laughs> but I was still young as an officer. And I think what happens, you know, I was in my um, late 30s, but I think what happens is we as individuals, we can't think that far ahead. So, you know, we're just always trying to chase a big job at an early age. And then when you look back at it, you say, wow, I was an officer of a major corporation at 38 you know that's still young Mm -hmm. yeah oh no it is it is (laughs) so you know i think we just sometimes have to put it in perspective and um, i'm sure i'm not the youngest person to become an officer i know our ceo don thompson you know he's he's very young and ceo of a company but you know he's an individual for example who started in mcdonald's as an engineer and uh, went to Purdue, came into McDonald's on the equipment side of the business because he worked for one of our equipment engineers. We were so impressed with him, and somebody said, hey, you know, you should work at McDonald's. We see you as an officer. And, you know, so he had a completely different uh, path, but now he's CEO CEO of the company and doing a great job. So I I just think people have to, you know, make it known what they want to do. And then what I have found, not only in McDonald's, but in other companies, people will help you. But you have to tell them. Well, Cody, I mean, thank you for really giving us and the listeners some ideas on, on all of this and, and tips of moving up the ladder and uh, obviously an inside look a little bit at McDonald's and, and really describing some of these real-life examples because I, I think people like hearing that and it gives them more motivation to, to hear that it really does happen. And it doesn't hurt if you can have some big celebrity-type names in there as well. So uh, if people are interested, where can they uh, find your book? Yeah, so there's two ways to get the books right now. Actually, three. Um, You can get the book at Barnes & Noble. You can buy it online at Amazon, of course, and you can buy it on goldenopportunitybook.com. And if you buy it on my website, I'll sign it before um, we ship it out. The last piece I'd like to just tell everyone is, uh, you know, I wrote this book to send a message so that people would know what's really going on. All the proceeds from the book are going to the Ronald McDonald House Children's Charities, and I think it's important for folks to know that as well, that, you know, to me, it's the importance of getting the story out sure. about McDonald's as an employer. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you mentioning that as well. And uh, once again, Cody, thanks for coming on. And we definitely, uh, we definitely appreciate the insight you've given us today. Okay, thanks so much. Take care. And that's our guest, Cody Teets, Vice President and General Manager of McDonald's USA, and also the author of the book, Golden Opportunity, uh, of which Cody mentioned the profits go to the Ronald McDonald House for improving the health and well-being of children. So with that, we'll bring Moving Up the Ladder to its conclusion. Of course, we want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So drop us an email with any comments or suggestions to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. 
You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.